0: Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive.
1: All right. Well, welcome back to the Money Advantage podcast. In today's show, we're going to highlight one of our clients and their story. Now, we've had such a great response from telling this type of story and having this type of conversation before. So I want to um, bring in Lee and Candace into the conversation today. Welcome, Lee and Candace.
2: Hi, Rachel. Thank you.
1: Hi, Rachel. Thanks. It's really exciting to be able to talk with you guys today. And for anyone listening, I just want to let you know that as we're talking with Lee and Candace about their story, I just want you to listen into their why and their reasons for doing things. Because while there's probably going to be a lot of differences in their story compared to maybe yours, if you're listening, there's going to be a lot of similarities as well. And a lot of times we wonder if we're the only ones feeling this way about our finances and our goals and what we want to accomplish And I just want you to know that there are other people who are looking at the same types of concerns and having the same types of challenges, that they're turning to privatized banking and figuring out a way to maximize their resources in a similar way. And so um, we're going to have a lot of things come out in this conversation today, but one of those is privatized banking. And just as we're kicking off today, I just want to um, let you know that. Anything that we talk about is just one step in a bigger journey to building time and money freedom. And so that's why we've created the Business Owners Cash Flow System, which is a three-step process to help you create time and money freedom, first by keeping as much of your resources as possible, then protecting that wealth, and then being able to use your money to make more money and work for you. So let's go ahead and dive into the conversation today. Welcome, Bruce, as well to the show.
0: Good morning, Rachel. How are you? I, don't, I This is something that is really um, uh, a breath of fresh air for us because we do like talking to clients uh and, and about why they decided to move forward on this and you and no pressure but you are correct you know the last one of these that we did with a client i think was the most downloaded uh podcast so the masses they really have to you know keep their level of oh uh,
3: <laughs> well, great <and> <laughs> no, no pressure, pressure. <laughs> thanks great.
1: Yeah, and I think the reason why, though, is because of what I said at the beginning. I think a lot of times people say, well, you know, you guys are kind of cool if you're talking about all the stuff that you do, but really it's about what is possible and what's made possible in the lives of people like you guys. And so first, I would just love to have you guys share a little bit about you and um, just who you are as people um, in your family, your work that you do, and we'll kind of probably ask some, some add-in questions to that, but just tell us a little bit about you guys.
2: Sure. Um, We are Lee and and my wife Candace Mathis, um, happily married for 17 years. We have uh, three wonderful children. Evan uh, just turned 17. Uh, Our son Garrett is 14, and our daughter Ella is 12. Um, I am a a chiropractor. Uh, I am a W 2 employee of a chiropractic company. So, uh, you know this this when i when i heard you mention um business owners a minute ago i thought wow we don't really fit the mold for um Rachel and Bruce's um you know main main folks they focus on but uh, i really think that the the process we've been through and and Bruce has pointed out several times the entrepreneurial mind mindset um mm-hmm. uh, Candace and i both naturally have uh fits very well um in the money advantage so Uh, Yeah, I've been a a chiropractor with a a large group practice based out of Southwest Virginia for 13 years now, Um, and I I save lives um, very frequently at the office and try to improve our profession and healthcare in general uh, with some consulting and and some uh, clinic management stuff that I work on um, during my administrative hours. So that's me.
3: Yeah, that's awesome. I have um, been a stay-at-home mom for the past 13 years. I've recently re-entered um, the working world as a sales representative, um, as an account manager for a new real estate software company called Home to Close. Um, so that's been really awesome to kind of get back into the working world. Um, and again, you know, we're originally from North Carolina. We love Virginia, um, love living in the mountains. And, um, you know, we started to ask some really deep questions, I guess, probably five or six years ago. Um, And that's kind of what's led us, you know, to the point that we're at now and, you know, working with you guys. And um, I know we'll go into that a little bit in more detail, but we started asking questions, you know, is this serving us? And we got rid of fancy cars. We got rid of a 4,000 square foot home. Um, and we just started really looking at our options and looking into things that may not have been, you know, quote unquote, the social norm, um, of what we were supposed to be doing at that time, I guess. Um, so.
0: That, that's great guys. That's one of the things that really drew me to you guys and connect with you guys was these, this, uh, idea of, um, uh, does it serve us? I, mean, I think that I, if, if people don't get anything else out of this podcast today, I think they need to sit back and reflect on that particular statement when you're doing something in life is, is, does this serve us? Um, mm-hmm. And, and Candace, you know, that, those were some great examples about the fancy car. Do we need a 4,000 know, square foot house? Is it really serving what we're trying to do? Um, because all this comes down to is, uh, and people get tired of probably me saying this all the time is, is your mindset because people all all the time say, well, I can't do that. Well, as soon as you say that, that's a mindset. And, Mm -hmm. and I think it's wonderful that you guys um, uh, were mature enough, intelligent enough, self-aware enough, enough to reflect on that in your lives and, and actually pivot in your life to do that. Um, Lee, I would say that uh, there is some, entre- there is entrepreneurial mindset, but I think you're also an entrepreneur. Talk talk to the audience just real quickly about how you now are a commercial real estate owner a part <laughs> owner and sure. how, the, and how that, uh, has actually got you thinking differently than, than maybe just a W2 employee.
2: Absolutely. Um, so, so Candace mentioned about five years ago, we were, we were sitting at our, our, a massive table overlooking the the best view in Southwest Virginia with two real fancy cars. Um, and, and I was sitting there doing the budget just kind of shaking my head going, well, we've made it to another paycheck. Um, and I was, Mm. I was kind of reaching the ceiling of my, my capacity of productivity, um, in my, my work. Um, things just seemed to be getting, more and more expensive, and I just I, I I didn't feel there was something there. The the there was still a void that the house didn't feel, the cars didn't feel. Um, you know, there was just something that I felt um, out of control with. And and I've mentioned I think to both you guys a couple times. We wanted more control in, in our lives in general. Um, so when we started looking around, the place we had the biggest potential to improve our controls in our, our financial world. Um, so we made some, some fairly tough decisions, but we did so with the question in the back of our mind, is this serving us? And that became our mantra for everything we did. Um, even down to the point of, you know, when, when we finally got that lead weight around our neck uh, removed, which was the $4,000 house, you know, as I was cleaning it out, our, our kids, I was throwing away hundreds and probably thousands of dollars of stuff that I had bought them that the batteries had died or it needed updating or, you know, replacing. Um, so we, we asked that question, does this serve us? And the answer was no. Well, What do we want with our children? We want experiences, not things.
1: Mm-hmm. So we completely
2: revamped um, all of our, our holidays and our, our gift-giving um, opportunities. Oh, I love that. We started saying, hey, what can we do to build an experience? Um, that concept kind of bled through our entire lives, and we started asking that question everywhere we looked. Um, and an opportunity popped up. I had some some good friends who have um, owned some some real estate both both um, residential and commercial. Um, we were kind of talking and, and discussing ways that you know we could have a bigger impact on the world if we you know could just figure out how to get things to work for us and not work so hard but work a little smarter and uh, a commercial property came up um, and it It just worked out where the I was one fifth owner when we all signed on the dotted line um in, in a commercial property that that you know can we can foresee having a great cash flow for us now um and when we're ready to turn it over we can we can pass that along um be it selling it or or you know pass those assets along to our, to our children so um, that was kind of I think it was probably a year ago now that that, uh, that opportunity popped up and I'm still waiting to see what my my tax papers are that come from that but uh, but it's it's really exciting you know I, I went from owning a, a a house actually renting a house from a <laughs> from a bank to to having a piece of, of commercial property that that's working in a cash flow concept or, or cash flow manner um, for me and my family and I, I don't have to do anything other than watch it work from afar. So, uh,
0: Which is so crazy.
1: awesome. Yeah, yeah that's it's great.
0: It, when you think about it, Ki, you know, Kiyosaki says there's nothing's an asset unless you get cash flow off of it. That's true. And, that's and, true. and then, uh, so you had this 4,000 square foot home that everybody thinks is an asset, but you had no cash flow off of it. So you well, change your oh, no, yeah, oh yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, that's good.
2: Uh, so it was an asset. Um, there was no cash flow from this asset, but it was what we referred to as Hotel de Mathis. Um, we live down the road from, from Virginia tech. Um, you know, we're, we're fighting Hokies and when, when family and friends would come to go to the football game, we had a wonderful place they could stay, um, Mm -hmm. that we offered up to them. Um, we weren't ready to do an Airbnb or a rental type thing, but, um, you know, that was, that was one of those things that when, when, when we looked at it, it was, much more of a liability than an asset due to the lack of cash flow that we weren't getting. The potential was there. We just weren't, (laughs) we weren't making everybody give us cash when they showed up. Right.
1: Which is good and (laughs) beneficial and it, it can improve your life in some way, but I really love just the intentionality. I mean, behind everything that you guys have done, which was not just, Hey, let's get a particular financial product. I think a lot of times people think what financial product is the right product for me. And it's, you guys didn't even start there. I mean, you started with, What is our philosophy about life? What are the principles that we want to build into our life? What do we want to make out of who we are? And then from there, then you said, okay, now what strategies do we need in place? And then what products match up with those strategies? And I think that is a a huge thing that anyone who is really taking control and responsibility of their life needs to hear because it's not just about saying oh what product can I pick off the shelf or what strategy or what rate of return can I get or how can I you know go to the end of almost like a, a construct how can I get the the right thing and buy the right thing well you don't even know if that's the right thing unless you know exactly what you're trying to accomplish and it sounds like I mean just from every ever since we met you guys you've been extremely intentional and had a very clear focus with every area of your life and that's definitely what's brought you into um, the place that you are today.
3: Yeah, it has, and I I want to add too that it was one of the hardest things for us to do. Um, it took me two years to get on board with this. Like oh, I sure. fought it so hard because what is it going to look like if I sell my Lexus? What's it going to look like? You know, the doctor selling his four thousand square foot home. Like, what are people going to say? And then I had to like really get humble and say what does that matter? You know, this is for our family and I don't have to explain our reasoning. Like we, you know, I, I, I think it's sad because I feel like a lot of people don't take the time to sit down and have the hard conversations with their spouse or partner and, um, you know, really get, get into the weeds. Like you've got to get into the hard conversation to move forward. And we did that a lot. I mean, we sat down and wrote out, you know, what what does it look like 6 months from now, not just 5 years from now, but you know, mm-hmm. what are we going to have to change and you have to do something hard, you know, to get to that next level. And that was it. It was this is what we have to do. We have to get rid of to get to the place that we want to be and regardless of what it looks like to everyone else. We knew that it was what we had to do so what
2: What Candace awesome. mentioned about you know what do we have to do to get where we want made me really look at um our and I, I'm air quoting here my traditional uh retirement plan which was uh and uh, in, in, is I still have it in place an IRA and th- there was a lack of control there that I didn't appreciate I, I'm not a control freak but I do want to know that uh should I make a decision um that's in the best interest for me and my family, and that I'm not going to be, you know, hit with a <laughs> hit with a stick or a penalty or a fee um, because I'm doing what's right for me and not necessarily what's right for those who sold it to me. Um, so mm-hmm. when, when you mentioned multiple um, products, Rachel, that that was one thing that I was. Um, I'm gonna jump ahead to one of the questions yeah. I think you're
1: asking. Yeah, go is, ahead.
2: Were we drawn to the money advantage? Well, we had chatted with quite a few um, air quotes again financial advisors who had us prepackaged products that would serve, serve us in a way that served them greatly as well without even hearing our story, hearing our goals, uh. understanding our why. And when we sat down and chatted with you guys, first thing you said was, let's get to know you. Let's find out what you want and then see if we have something that might be able to help. Mm-hmm. Without saying, oh yeah, you're looking for this, here's your product, here's your product. It, it was it, there, it was a very genuine, um, g- a very genuine relationship was built and Candace and I felt like we were the the center of attention. Um, I am a healthcare provider and patients want that nowadays. I, as, as healthcare has um, evolved over the last few years to become more patient-centered, mm-hmm. uh, patients are making their decisions um, a lot more. They're they're becoming, you know, a very very loud voice in the healthcare conversation, and it it has ruined me as a customer. Um, I really want to know when I go and do business with with a group or a place or an entity that I'm going to have a say in what happens. And you guys offered that upfront without being asked. Um, so that's kind of what drew us uh, to the money advantage.
1: Well, I appreciate you even sharing that, and I think. I mean, we believe in the core of our being. I mean, it's not just something that we say, but we cannot find what the right fit or solution is for somebody unless we really know their full financial picture and their goals and where they want to go. And and ultimately, if we are coming in and saying, Oh, hey, here's the solution for you, and we don't know anything about your backstory or is there debt or what are you trying to accomplish or just the the goals and the life mission that you have, we're doing I mean, that would be malpractice in the, in the world of uh, medical profession. And I think, I mean, you can't diagnose a a condition without seeing a patient first. You can't prescribe a prescription or or medication if you don't really know what's going on and you really want to make sure it's not um, having side effects that are the wrong ones in your person's life.
2: Beyond the treatment, one of of the biggest healing aspects of what what our company does and and we, I'm kind of in charge of, of, you know, making sure that, that all of our doctors do this um, to the best of their ability um, is building a rapport, you know, and some of, the, some of the best healings that I've ever done have not involved any treatment at all. It's a hug or it's a, a phone call on a birthday or it's, mm. it's a basic um, giving somebody a smile when they need one, you know I mean? That, that, that speaks volumes as to uh, the rapport that, that should be built in order to help people the most. Um, when, when Rachel and I first chatted, I think she was going through one of the lows of her life. Oh yeah. Um, and she very easily could have texted and said, Hey, I'm in the midst of an emergency, but, uh, you didn't, you picked up the phone and, and we chatted. Um, and <laughs> a couple weeks later, your husband sent me an email to explain why you were, uh, why you ghosted me. Yeah. Um, it, was, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, it was, I'm glad everything worked out there for you.
1: Yeah, to be fair, let's just say, okay, so what was happening is I ended up going in for a um, prenatal visit. It, I think it was scheduled for like nine in the morning. I was supposed to be talking with you, I think at like one o'clock or two or something like that Probably, in the afternoon. Yeah. And my appointment was two weeks before our scheduled due date and ended up, we had complications. They held me back for testing. And so I had barely left the hospital, was super nervous, had been put on all this additional protocol. And I'm driving home. My husband had come to the hospital. The doula had come to the hospital. We weren't even sure we were possibly going to induce that day. And like, I really still feel like I need to make this phone call. And it was just one of those things that I I was very thankful I did. And I don't even think we talked very long, but it was just um, being able to connect. And that's what Lee is referring to. Um, But yeah, two weeks later, we ended up um, delivering our daughter. So, but I think um, coming back to the rapport and really getting to know who you are and what you guys were hoping to accomplish, and even all the way back to what your priorities and your, um, you were very clear in so many areas of your life. And I just want to even step all the way back and commend you for making those hard decisions. Because I think a lot of times people do think, Hey, I have to keep this image up. I have to, um, keep up with the Joneses. I need to have this appearance on the external surface of, of success when really knowing that things are working well for you and your objectives and your goals and and you're getting what you want out of your life is way more important. And I remember, Lee, you said in the very first conversation when I connected with you, you said that your wife had a saying, how can I use what I got to get what I want? And that was just so profound and powerful to me. That was very much in alignment with how does it serve me? So how did that idea then, Candice, or you guys can both speak to this, how did that, how do I use what I got to get what I want, lead you guys to making different financial choices.
3: Um like like I said before I think we had to eliminate certain things to get to that next point. Um because we didn't have a lot of extra at that time. You know, it was we had a lot of extra in big ways of these awful car payments and <laughs> mortgage and you know all of that and not only that but our time. I mean, our time that we had to put into mowing 2 acres and you know, all of that, like we really had to get into this minimalist like, um, mindset. I feel like, so we had to jump back and we've moved forward. So, um, and when we, when we finally did that and we sold our house and we bought, you know, a house that we absolutely love and is an older house and just fits us so much better. It's functional. Um, you know, then it's like we could breathe and it's like, okay, now, now everything's starting to align. We really, we made the hard decision and and we leaned into it and we trusted that God was going to provide for us. And it all, it all worked. And it just, but we had to make that first initial decision to take the step. And, um, you know, now that we're here, I feel like that's where the doors have opened and we were able to invest in the commercial property. And we, you know, we've, we've been able to now get a whole life insurance policy and, you know, things it's, it's finally, it's finally coming together. Um, And we're getting what we want because we made that intentional decision then. Um, But it, it wasn't an overnight thing. And I think that's the thing, you know, I've talked to friends of mine who are kind of in similar situations and it's like. You're not going to see a difference tomorrow, but you Mm -hmm. have to do it. You have to do what's hard now in order to get onto a different road, or you're going to continue doing the same thing over and over again and being frustrated and stressed. And you know, you're not going to have any new result. It's going to be the same thing. It may just be wrapped up in a different package, but it's going to be exactly the same lesson. And
2: One of the things I saw with Candace through this whole thing and, and you know, her, her acceptance of, of the um, new mindset and and the new mantra for the family is, you know, as a, as a stay at home mom, she would have an extra five minutes between loading the dishwasher and doing laundry or making sure the bed was made, you know, but, but that five minutes, that's what she had.
3: Mm -hmm. And
2: she decided instead of, scrolling Facebook or what is the other one?
3: Instagram, Instagram,
2: whatever it was, instead of doing that, she would pick up a book and read five minutes of a book. Um, that that would change her trajectory to, to Mm -hmm. get to where she wanted to. So even though, you know, one of your phrases and I don't know if it's yours, but I love it. It's, it's not, um, it's not just being wealthy. It's having time. Mm-hmm. and, and money freedom and and yeah. that freedom of how to spend your time the way you want to. We all have time.
1: Mm-hmm. We all have
2: time. I refuse to believe that anybody wakes up and goes at it for 16 straight hours. Um, there are, there are little basic micro minutes do, throughout the day that you have the choice to, to either, you know, play that Roman name status quo, or you can raise the bar for yourself and improve yourself a little bit. And I watched Candace go through that over the last several years. And it's been, it's been amazing. I, I was asking her about our, uh, our, our meditation app this morning. We've got an oh, app nice. that, you know, the, the annual subscriptions coming up. And I said, are we going to do this again? She said, we need to buckle back down and spend that 10 minutes together every morning and, and set the, set the intention for the day that way.
1: That's so, awesome. Update it again. That,
0: that's that's great, Lee. Um, I I really enjoy. I'm enjoying this podcast because I I knew you guys had gone through a, a transformation, but I didn't realize how <clears throat> how how much of a transformation it was. This is great. <clears throat> Excuse me, see Candice. I'm trying to make you feel good with the little <laughs> <in there. laughs> hey hey Candice. Let me, give me the opportunity to do a little teaching here, if you don't mind, um, because w- what you brought up, I see almost on a daily basis. Or, or Lee, whoever took care. How much, if you don't mind sharing? How much were your car payments oh. back, back in the day? Um, just approximately
2: hundred dollars a month. Fifteen hundred. Fifteen.
0: Okay, so just think. Of, this is a part that people do not think about. So that's that's eighteen thousand a year, but that's eighteen thousand after tax. Okay, so. Then if you're in, and I'm going to be generous here, I'm saying you're going to be at a 24% tax bracket. Uh, and then I'm going to say Virginia's maybe 6%. I don't know for sure, but we'll just, we'll just round that. You, had, you actually had to make $25,714, pay the taxes to actually make your car payment. Now let's multiply that. that was probably a six-year uh, note on that.
2: Yeah.
0: That's hundred and fifty-four thousand dollars that was flowing out of your control to drive that Lexus. It's nauseating. So, I know. So when you, I mean, I know, I, I know you guys knew that something wasn't great with that, but when you put real numbers on it, then all of a sudden, I think it's easier to make that
2: change it's because that you're absolutely right, Bruce. You did that real quick. That took me about nine months to figure out how to, <laughs> to, to, to amortize our car payments, even though I could print an amortization schedule real quickly and see, but it, but it's one of those things that, I mean, you, you do get caught up in the daily and the, Oh, I love your cars and this, that and the other. So, um, we also adopted the mindset through this whole thing Candace has mentioned. Um, of your opinion of us is none of our business. Mm. So you know, so if, if you liked our old car, we we would be happy to sell it to you right now if you'd like. You know,
1: that's <laughs> awesome. That is so awesome well, and very freeing. I can hear in your voice. It,
2: it, it was. You know, I mean, it, it's it's a scary it's a scary first step into that big abyss that you don't know what's going to happen. But you got to have faith that something better is going to come along because you've been intentional about it. You've done your homework about it. Um, and, and you know what your outcome wants to be. And we're not there yet, but mm-hmm. we're a lot further along now than we, we could have been had we waited until now to start. Um, it's kind of an exponential growth over the last few years. Bruce, I'm glad you took that second to teach. One of the things, I'm a doctor means teacher, and I taught before graduate school and still teach every day. Our, uh, the, the circle that you drew for me when we first chatted, E-T? E-C-A-T. E C A T E C A T. Yeah, uh, that that was something that just really I, I, I appreciate knowledge and being educated. Um, I I like trusting those that are educating me and, and, and learning um, in that fashion. So I I appreciate. That was painful. One hundred fifty
3: thousand dollars. <laughs> that was really awful. Kind of hurt. <laughs> I could have had another promise.
1: or two. You know. What's so interesting about that, I mean, there's just so many pieces, but one is opportunity cost that most people don't think of. So you're paying for the car. Well, what's the opportunity cost of that? And I want you to kind of shift and say, okay, we were spending up to our means. We were spending, I mean, Parkinson's law is a thing that every one of us has to face. It's this human nature thing that whatever income we have, we will spend it all naturally without a lot of intention. And you guys are, I mean, extremely clearly articulating what that intention was like for you to be able to say, okay, we don't just want to spend everything we make. What was the other thing that you wanted instead? What were you willing to give up all of that for in terms of wanting to create? What were you reaching towards in terms we of- We wanted more
3: experiences for our children. Um, we wanted to be able to take, you know, spontaneous trips- to Asheville or to the beach or Florida, Florida, which we just did, you know, we, we wanted to be able to give our children memories and experiences over things. And we ended up taking a road trip to Canada. That was their Christmas gift last year and they got to help us kind of plan it out. Um, we went this summer. Um, but we wanted to teach that to them that it's not about the next greatest, you know, earbud or, iPhone or what have you, you know, it's, it's about really being able to have experiences, go to concerts, you know, do things um, that they, they wouldn't seek out themselves, but we know, you know, being adults and being a little wiser that it, it lasts, you know, your, your lifetime when you have those experiences and it gives you a different perspective. You get to see, you know, all kinds of different places and
2: um one the the trip we just took, Candace's best friend from childhood and her family went down to Anna Maria Island in Florida um uh, on the Gulf side. It's absolutely beautiful. Um but they called and said, Hey, would you guys like to come down? So we you know, we don't let um school get in the way of a good education. Uh, so we pulled Still our good. kids out school for a few days, uh, found super, super cheap tickets, flew down had an amazing experience with really good friends and when you can, when you can look at your 14 year old who has just seen a nine foot bull shark landed on the beach and he's standing there watching it swish and kick and, and, and say, look, we, we could have done this or we could have bought you that fancy, you know, $250 pair of shoes and have him look back and say, I don't even want those shoes anymore. That, that oh, really, that's so cool. Uh, when your oldest one can get out in the middle of a pod of manatees and have them swim all over, you know, and, and say, Hey, you know, we could have got you some, uh, some new beats. No, I'm good. You know, it's really, there's, there's something on both the, the, the child standpoint and our standpoint that, that you just, you can't, you can't replace that. It's, It's, it's invaluable.
1: Oh, that's absolutely true. And you're improving your quality of life. You're not just improving your stuff where a lot of times the stuff doesn't give us the quality of life that we're really seeking. And I think that comes back to that, that, you know, place that void that all those things were not filling that you mentioned before.
2: Well, and, and Rachel, you and I briefly have chatted about this. Um, when I first started the financial education that we've been getting over a while, it was a chiropractor who, who did that for me. Um, um, Dr, Dr. McPhee, and it, mm-hmm. he, he, gave the concept between allopathic and holistic financial literacy. And, and it's the same thing in my office. When, when patients come in, we could, we could refer them out for a shot or a medicine or a surgery, and that would probably give them a little increase in the quantity of life they have. But they still have to go through the pain and the rehab and this, that, and the other. If we can take care of that from a holistic standpoint, they get that quality fairly quick. Um, and with that quality, actually, you know, you have that educational moment that can increase the quantity of their life. So, um, as a society, we try to shortcut everything. Oh,
1: and don't we ever?
2: That's that's just not what we like to do. We are huge slow food fans. We we cook
1: awesome.
2: daily at this house, and it's the experience of cooking. It's it's knowing that the nourishing meal is made with love, and it's going to be better for our kids. You know, it, it's it's that kind of thing that that is, is qualitative. Um, so part of our, is this serving us is, you know, I can go get a pair of shoes for, for $60 or I can get a good pair of shoes for $150 and I don't have to replace them every six months. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I can wear them for three years and, and you just look at ways where, where quality can, can be espoused and, and you can kind of, you know, take, take that and, and, start overlapping that in multiple areas of your life financially being the one that we're really excited about right now.
1: So the thing as you were saying that, um, can I just show this quick thought first as you're saying about, you know, you really, the slow food movement even and the difference between allopathic and holistic what's really interesting is a lot of times people then will say, okay, my financial choice is then to find something that's, flashy. That's going to get me this really quick rate of return. I'm going to get rich quick. Whatever business is going to you know, turn around this quickest income for me. And what's interesting is you guys said, hey, we're not interested in that in our financial life. We're interested in having this long-term building of quality, not just quantity, which then increases the quantity as well. And it's very interesting because as we talk about privatized banking at all, as we talk about whole life insurance and what that does in a person's life, this is a long-term, slow wealth builder. I mean, yes, there's the cash value and you can borrow against that and you can use that. You can not interrupt your compounding in the whole life insurance. Yes, there's a lot of advantages to it, even in the short term, but really what you're talking about holistically is this long-term quality of life in your life, which then matches and synchronizes with this long-term quality wealth building idea in your financial life. Yes, ma'am. Right. Anyway, so I would love to, um, when you guys came to us, you ended up realizing that you had, oh, sorry, Bruce, can we come back to, what were you going to share there? I'm sorry.
0: Well, it wasn't that important. It just had Lee uh, triggered something in my, my brain and my heart uh, when he was talking about the shoes. And I think I shared this on the podcast before. My mm-hmm. grandmother, Lee, used to always say, the more you spend on uh, clothes, the less you spend on clothes. And, 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 and I
2: can see how that is...
3: Right,
0: And and I actually, yeah, and and I've actually uh, recently about the last three years have actually got some custom made clothes and they cost me quite a bit more than normal. But the person, he's a really good businessman and he's, he's into education. He sits in my office and we just talk about everything. You know, we don't, we don't talk about the product. It's, it's really good. And he said, see, what you don't understand Bruce is that when you go and buy something off the rack, just real quickly at Macy's or something like that. He says you might think it's great for a little bit, then and then you even try it on, but then you get it home and you're like, "God, I don't move in it very well, or I don't like the way it looks." So it just sits in your closet. So yeah, you only paid X amount of dollars for it, but you never wear it. Exactly. Says, so that's that's the most expensive uh, piece of clothing you own is the one that you bought and you never wear. And so I think that's a good lesson. We're not talking about. I think what I was going to go to Rachel is. You know, sometimes I think people um, listen to us, they think, oh, all these guys want to ever do is save, 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 save. And we're not just, we're not saying just save, 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 and never spend your money because that's a scarcity mindset. What we're saying is, is that put yourself in control by saving. And then when you have the opportunity to actually enrich your life, you should really enrich your life by purchasing mm-hmm. the thing that purchasing the thing that you want and will be a, uh, something that you will treasure and continue to, whether it's an experience with your children or w- whether it is a, a piece of quality clothing for yourself. So that was what I wanted to add to Elise. Oh, i like to awesome.
2: to that that Candice is elbowing me and we will be having a new wardrobe very shortly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's um, talk a little bit about privatized banking and whole life insurance and what that is doing and has done for you guys. And I know that uh, as you came to us, I think we originally, well, my daughter is six months old, almost. So I think that we first initiated the conversation about a little, almost exactly six months ago, if I recall correctly, so it's, it's been a short term um, relationship so far and it's just, it's funny cause I feel like it's been a very rich relationship that we've had with you guys, even just over that short period of time. And we look forward to continuing to improve that as well. But just in the time that we've known you, tell a little bit about how you discovered that the policies you had on your kids you thought were term, they ended up being whole life and what that did for you. And then you guys worked into adding some whole life coverage on yourselves as well.
2: Sure. Um. I've known about the concept of cash value life insurance for seven or eight years. And again, it was, you know, do we have the, do we have the means to fund that? Um, we made the decisions. Um, we actually had a little, little windfall. I had a, um, uh, relative pass away and left, uh, uh, some money, um, that we decided instead of, you know, inappropriately and, and you know, misguidedly spending this money, what mm. what would make us a good steward of this, you know, to keep uh keep Harold's memory alive and, and I thought, hey, we've been we've been thinking about this for years. Let's let's make it happen. Um our son, as I mentioned earlier, turned seventeen last week. Um it's been Happy a very birthday. interesting road. I'm sorry.
1: Happy birthday to him. Wow. <laughs> Thank Maybe. you.
2: It's been an interesting um interesting journey getting him into a vehicle that um, you know, serves him. Um, we've, we've had, a, <laughs> we've had three that he's owned now, but, uh, that's a, that's a really, really long story. But, um, one of the things that I wanted to do, and, and we had been discussing privatized banking concepts for a while is my father who, who was a career educator and went into, um, insurance as a second career when my children were very small, asked me to, to get life insurance on. He started the policies, turned the, turned the premiums over to me and I, I thanked him. You know, he told me he wanted to do that to make sure their insurability was always there. God forbid anything happened. Um, he wanted that, that's, that was his gift to, to them just to make sure that they could, um, have some life insurance that, you know, and bring all the benefits that it brings. And I had no idea. I thought it was a term plan um and a couple of years ago when we were looking through what do we have um that we could leverage to get what we want i just reviewed everything and found out that those were in back uh cash value life insurance policies um the oldest one has has just now recently landed his first job so um he's nice. he's a working man and he wanted a car and i said well buddy what we can do is you have um, you have this budget and where this money is going to come from is your cash value life insurance policy. So we were able to borrow against that policy to purchase a car, um, that, that serves him well with the understanding that as he pays me back and I say me in quotes, as he pays me back, he's actually paying himself back. Mm-hmm. Um, he's keeping his compounded value, compounding value. He's keeping yes. the death benefit and, and he's also able to learn how to, to leverage his assets. Um, to get what he would like in life. Again, it's kind of, you know, passing that torch of what do we have and how can we leverage it to get what we
1: want. I think that's just a powerful way of, I just appreciate how you're not only using it as a tool to be able to leverage an asset, but you're using it as a teaching tool. And it was generational. This is a generational legacy. I mean, your dad being able to purchase those initially and then pass that on to you. I mean, that's just a powerful um, caring and love in the family that is taking care of that next generation and really setting themselves up for success. And I just think that's tremendously profound and beautiful. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so then, um, so he's in that position and then you guys also have recently moved forward with whole life insurance for yourselves. And you mentioned um, being able to keep your um, family members legacy alive as well. And so as I know you guys are newer into that for yourselves, but what is your ultimate objective to be able to create with that? I mean, what you mentioned earlier, things like control, which I, I heard loud and clear, and this building long-term wealth and having this um, probably store of value that you can be able to use to leverage against this asset as well. But what are your number? What would you say is your number one objective that you are wanting to create by having whole life insurance in place for you guys?
2: Um. I passed the mic to Candace and she threw it back at me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I saw that.
2: Uh, our time is limited and, and we want to utilize it building these memories that, that mean so much to us and these experiences. Um, so changing time for money is not something we want to do always. Um, mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoy my job. I, it is, it is highly rewarding. Um, you know, financially and personally, um, and it, and it helps a lot of people but I know that, that I won't be able to do that forever. Um, and, and I don't know that I will want to do that forever trading time for money. So one of the things we really want to get out of this is the opportunity to, to maximize the usage of our money. We work really hard for what we get. Um, and we want to, to have vehicles in place. Um, starting with the cash value, the commercial property, we'd love to do some more real estate, um, down the road. Um, to be able to pass that on as a legacy, uh, one of the resources that I've seen on the website, and Rachel, you've sent me several emails with awesome resources, is the the trail of the, the three phases. And you know, I felt like we were kind of bouncing all the way around. You know, we had legacy at some point. There was some um, protection. Uh, the financial literacy was increasing, but but you know, being able to follow that um, with folks that that have done it personally, you know, that that really speaks volumes to us. And and that's what we would like to do as well with this information and education that we're getting is pass it along, pass it to our kids. Um, We talk about this to friends. I mean, it's kind of interesting to, uh, you know, chat with some of our friends and find out their understanding of the concepts and and turn them on to books that that I've read, um, reviews on your website, heard about on the podcast and, and other resources like that. Just being a conduit to pass that on to other people is one of the big things that we uh, really want to get out of out of you know out of the um, privatized banking, out of the products that um, we have and you guys offer, and and the um, the experiences that we're having here as well. We'd love to pass that on to others.
1: That is awesome. Uh, I just really appreciate you sharing that, and not only uh, but not only receiving the benefit and the education, but being able to pass it on. I mean, I'm seeing that happening already with your kids and everything that you guys do. But I just love. Your willingness to be able to share your life story and your why and your reasoning, because I think a lot of people do want that as well. They want this ability to, as you said, not have to always be in a position of trading time for money. And so, how do you then not just have your income producing your lifestyle, but how do you acquire those assets that produce cash flow? Like you said, Bruce at the beginning about Kiyosaki saying it's not an asset unless it cash flows. And so, you're thinking, Lee and Candace is you're saying, well, as we're building up this capital this store of wealth, how do we turn that then into cash-flowing assets, things that are going to last and be able to pass on to our kids and then be able to create that income as well. And so that's one of the powerful advantages and ways that privatized banking or that life insurance can be used by being able to say, well, now I have this capital. I can use that to purchase an asset or purchase a real estate property or I can use that as a down payment for another uh, a building, a commercial building or something. And so you're in a position where you're saying, how can I not only have this long-term store of value, but how can I also have the protection that comes along with it and then use that cash flow to, or use that cash value to create cash flow by investing in cash flowing
3: assets. Absolutely. And one of the big words that, that resonates with me, I think, thinking about privatized banking and whole life insurance is freedom. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't know what opportunity might you know, present itself in the coming years. And it gives you the freedom to, you know, accept that opportunity and not have to pass it up because you have two luxury cars sitting in your driveway, you know? (laughs) So, um, freedom's a big, a big piece of this for us.
0: I love, Uh, Hey Lee, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, have you change your verbiage a little bit, you're not a you're, you're not a one fifth owner in your commercial real estate. You're you're a twenty percent owner in your. your that's that's that sounds better. Twenty um, yeah. percent.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, and 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 I and that just hit me because, uh, and when you I pulled up your wish list and the first one um, thing on there was control, and then under dangers. Uh, Candice, it, it was uh, you. Just didn't feel comfortable with the stock market because of things that have happened in the in the past. And I think it was it maybe it was your father or somebody else that was stressed out about that. Yes. But w- one of the things that was control uh, just to give just I'm going to turn this into about me now, not you guys. Um, <laughs> That's okay, Bruce. <laughs> um, I just my wife and I just recently used our policy, and um, the reason I'm bringing it up to you guys because you're from North Carolina, and you said the cooking process is slow. You enjoy it. And I enjoy cooking too, but also North Carolina is about, uh, barbecue, you know, smoking meats and, and, oh, yeah. and where I am in St. Louis. I mean, that's Missouri is about barbecue, uh, also. And so, um, we, my wife and I just, <laughs> just invested in a cash flowing business called beer sauce. Um, we're going to be opening the third one as a 25% owner. No um, in it, and it will be producing cash flow, and and, and they're they're into crafts beers, craft uh, spirits, and everything you can do for barbecuing. Um, and I was thinking awesome. maybe, and and I'm actually in, a, in a Saint, the in um the St. Louis business group with the uh, founder of this, and he just came to me and said, "Hey, we're opening a an, another new place. Would you like to be an investor in it?" And Candace, because we had our policy and we had faithfully you know, put money into it. It was like, Oh yeah, this is easy. We're going to be able to, you know, just take the money, borrow against it. And then we're, we'll cash flow and we'll pay ourselves back. And we're just going to rinse and repeat and just keep this process up because he has these visions of it going across the country. Well, maybe we need to have one in Virginia
2: yeah, uh, possibly. in the future. So another, okay. so speaking of opportunities and you mentioned beer, um, I was going to say my, beer.
1: This probably rings a bell for you. Lee <laughs> for, for
2: my 22nd birthday. Candace brought me a, a homebrew kit and oh, that's right. through graduate school, I walked a very thin line between hobby and insanity. I really thoroughly enjoyed the process and it does take time and it really helped teach me patience. Um, and and the outcome was pretty neat as well. You get to you you know get to drink your patients after a while. Um, we had the opportunity several months ago, just randomly popped up. There's a brewery opening in a in an area that's being regentrified here in, in Southwest Virginia, and it's phenomenal beer. So we we did have the opportunity to do a little investing in that. So Bruce, if you want to come to this this area, we might be able to supply the beer, and, uh, and this can help out.
0: Well, actually, that's part of that's part of the um, that's part of the business uh, philosophy is to actually just supply the with the local Mm -hmm. craft beer. Oh, that's so cool! And 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 the problem is, is that I don't know how this podcast turned into this, but
1: um, (laughs) I was going to say this sounds like everything's better over a
2: beer. (laughs) Everything's better over a beer and a barbecue sandwich. Exactly.
0: What what, um, I'm not a big beer drinker, although when I drink a beer, I want it to have flavor, so it's usually a craft beer. But when you do go to a grocery store, because they have limited space in a grocery store, craft beers have a hard time getting into the store. And when they do, the the the, the space uh, I'm plugging my own uh, uh, business now. When they get into the space, they have to pay for that extra shelf space. So then, so then a six pack of craft beer doesn't cost six bucks; it costs twelve bucks. Mm. So then, the, so then the consumer comes around and says, "Oh, I'd like to try that craft beer," but I don't know I don't know if I'm going to play 12 bucks because I might not like it. Well, so they they've deconstructed this and actually you can buy the beers by the bottle. So so you, yeah, individually. So you have your little carrier and you walk around and you try the the different bottles and you and you can walk out with 12 different beers that are a lot cheaper that way and then you can try it and then come back and they have it on tap and so on and so forth. So what a what an opportunity hmm. that I think has has come about because I did have control of my My assets, and it would be it would be a similar situation for you guys.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, what's so interesting is um, that was awesome because this is I think the way that opportunity can happen, um, just with like minded people coming together. But then at the same time, Candice, you said something really cool when you said freedom, and you said we wanted the you you said you wanted to have the freedom to be able to take advantage of an opportunity if it arose. What's just really interesting is we'll say this phrase, and I honestly don't even know who to originally credit it to, that opportunity seeks liquidity. I know Nelson Nash had a big part of that idea as well. But what that means is that, well, if you have no capital, no reserves, you're not thinking about the world from a perspective of opportunity. You're not saying, well, hey, a hundred thousand dollar investment in this right now could be really beneficial because you don't have the capital to invest. So you're not going to even be seeing the world from that perspective. You're not going to be thinking about this is a good real estate property or that's not a good real estate property. You're not Being able to take advantage of any of those. But when you do have the capital, you see differently. And as long as you're not having that money burn a hole in your pocket and say, I have to be fully invested all the time, you're saying, I'm going to sit in cash until the right opportunity arises, like Bruce, you just did, and saying, okay, now I have the capital. Yes, of course, why not? This is a great, great idea and a great cash flow opportunity for me. And so it's really powerful then just to, even before you get into those cash flowing opportunities, it's really powerful to have that store of capital that does create that freedom that you mentioned, Candace. So I just wanted to add on to what you shared because that was really profound and powerful. So as we are talking for quite a long time, this is a, po- a powerful and amazing podcast. Um, I wanted to just kind of jump towards the end here. Um, what would you say about privatized banking, life insurance, working with the money advantage, anything that you haven't already shared that might help somebody who was either, maybe they were in real estate, Candice, and they're through um, somebody that you're working with, or maybe they're in in chiropractics, or maybe they're an investor and they're just looking for opportunities. But what would you say to them about um, moving forward? And you guys said, we did this now, so we didn't have to look down the road in the future and say, well, we didn't move forward. You guys took advantage of what you wanted to do and really took action right now. What would you say about any of that that maybe we haven't covered already today?
3: I think people need to work with you guys. I mean, I <laughs> like to be blunt with you. Um, <laughs> good I, you know, good. <clears throat> well, but, but in all seriousness, I mean, you guys are so authentic and you know, I'm big on words. If you can't tell like freedom and um, authenticity is another mm. huge one for me. If, if I can't be authentic or I'm around someone that is not authentic, I kind of steer away from it. And that was the one thing when we met with you guys initially that just stood out like so, so hugely to me is that you guys are authentic. And we've, like I said, we've met with other financial advisors that really the, the, their, their goal was to make themselves all of the money and it didn't have anything to do with us. And, you know, I think, you know i just would encourage people to you know reach out and to you know see um you know explore what that next step might be for them and speaking with you guys it just opened up you know this whole this whole other piece of this that we hadn't seen yet so mm-hmm. and it was what we needed you know it just in Bruce teaching and and really going through our numbers and explaining and it's like ah oh, you know we we a knowledge is power and i feel like you guys really broke it down and you know were authentic but also educating us as to where we were and what we needed to get to that next place i mean it just everything was so clear and the clarity i just don't think we had not seen that before in working with other and with other people so um I just think people need to explore. I was telling Lee, I said, it's one thing that you're never taught. You're never, you know, I think in other, you know, maybe older generations, especially maybe like our parents' generation, you just didn't talk about finances. You didn't talk Mm -hmm. about the things that really as you become an adult are very important and um, at no fault to theirs. Like I I think it's just the way that they were raised and things weren't, weren't spoken. And no one tells you to do your due diligence when you're seeking out a financial advisor, financial planner, or wealth consultant, you know, whatever the, the, the um, title might be. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're not told as the consumer yeah. to, do your, to do your due diligence and what mm-hmm. that looks like. You're just, yeah. I don't know. So maybe that, that would be the starting point. Do your due diligence and really start asking some deeper questions and and speaking, I think speaking with you guys has just brought a lot of clarity to us and to where we're going, you know, with our future. Um, um, that's awesome. I, I Thank you. really
2: appreciate the fact that, you know, Candace said knowledge is power uh, and keeping with the theme, the, the cash flowing, if you will, of knowledge is, is very powerful as well. Again, the, the best way to learn something is to teach it to others. Uh, yeah. You guys do that extremely well. You have a, you have a, really, really long bullpen of people that, that if there is a need for one of your clients, you can get them in touch with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Rachel, uh, you, you emailed not long ago about some P and C insurance. So, Hey, look, yeah. we'll take a look at it. You know, what does your, um, what does your estate look like? How's your estate plan? I'm like, mm-hmm. well you probably need to think about that. You know, <laughs> but it's, it's those yeah. things that, that build a full and a holistic financial picture and making sure that everything's maximized and, and taking that time and, and knowing who to put us in touch with, if it's not you, um, that makes the best doctor. You know, I can't help every person that comes into my office, but if I can get them in the right place as quick as possible, I'm going to have a profound impact on their health. Um, you guys are doing the same thing. Um, if, if it is something that you can't provide personally, you'll get us in touch with the right people. And, I, you know, there's, there's that trust that I know you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the things that I really appreciate. Um, also, um, Bruce was telling a story about one of his clients, uh, a young, young fella uh, on a call not too long ago that I would love to have my middle child, um, at least pick his brain because he, you know, he is very, very entrepreneurial minded. He, he wants to be a business owner and he loves the infinite banking concept. He's always asking, Hey dad, Dad, what's uh, what's my what's my balance in my account? And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> no, you can't buy a new Xbox, you know. Um, but but for him, but Dad, to,
1: I'm gonna rent it out to the neighbors. Just kidding.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. For for him to be able to chat with somebody like that, and you know, Bruce Bruce would possibly be able to get us in touch, if not him, with somebody else that could, you know, just kind of take him under his wing and mentor him a little bit. That's that's really that's really exciting. You know, you, you guys are very, very giving of yourselves and of your knowledge. And I really appreciate that as, as a student. So,
1: Well, you guys are awesome. And I knew that this podcast was going to be amazing, but you guys really are awesome. And, and our hope is through this conversation today that we have elevated you. I mean, you guys are, are like this amazing role model for anybody who is wanting to take control of their financial life. I mean, it's just profound to watch the inspiring people that you are that you said, we're going to take control of our life, we're going to transform our mindset by making these hard choices, we're going to, Candace, spend your time reading in five minutes, um, and just really being able to say, how can we become the people that we really want to be? And how can we maximize? I heard you guys say that word maximize so many times, how can we maximize our resources, our stewardship? And again, I'm, I'm big on words too. So uh, Candice, <laughs> I was picking up all of those and just want to tie those all together because ultimately you guys have been like this. I mean, for lack of a better word, a poster child of saying, how can I take control and take responsibility of my financial life? And it's more than just a product. A product is not going to solve your life for you. It's really about the person that the personal choices and the person, the people that you guys have become in taking control of your life. And so I just hope that anyone who's listening sees and hears that. And, and not only, I mean, they didn't just hear the story of things were really, really hard. They see these amazing, inspiring people that you guys are and the great things that you are working and accomplishing in your life. So we are very honored and pleased to know you guys.
3: Thank you. Thank you, Thank you Rachel.
1: Awesome. Well, I wanted to just say thank you guys for being here today. Thank you for sharing your story and your knowledge and your wisdom and just the people that you are on the Money Advantage podcast with us today. This has been tremendously beneficial. So thank you, Lee and Candice. Oh, thank,
3: thank you. Rachel. We appreciate no, thanks, it. Guys. Thank you for having us. Thanks very
1: Awesome. Thank awesome. And in closing, remember success leaves clues. So model the successful few, not the crowd, and build a life and business you love.